2: Welcome to Turning Hard Times Into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor.
3: Welcome to Turning Hard Times Into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor. I am also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. And my company, Taylor Hard Money Advisors, is also in partnership with Roger Wiegand, who publishes Trader Tracks, and Chen Lin, who publishes What Is Chen Buying? what is chen selling and chen will be with us in just a couple of minutes to tell us uh want to talk about one of his hot stocks one that he's most keen about uh we do make available to first time subscribers a special introductory price for each of our newsletters and you can go to miningstocks.com that's m i n i n g s t o c k s.com uh, for more information on that or call Claudio Bossi in our office in Queens New York at 718-457 one four two six. That's seven one eight I'd like to say the best website to go to follow everything that I do and to gain access to this radio show is jtaylormedia.com That's J-A-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R-Media.com. There you can access, as I say, this show, all three newsletters, uh, videos that I do uh, when I interview CEOs of various uh, companies, and also to uh, catch up with some of the interviews that I've done on CNBC, Fox, BNN, and Bloomberg. I want to thank our sponsors uh, for making this show economically viable. They are American Manganese, Amerix Gold, Rye Patch Gold Corp. Those are our sponsors for the first hour. And I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making this the number one show on the Voice America business channel. And our numbers have continued to grow. Very exciting. We have lots of very interesting, I think, very informative guests on this show and that is the reason that this show has been such a success and your willingness to learn about ideas that are not necessarily that common, on, commonly expressed in the mainstream media. Um, this week we have two exciting main guests, uh, Gerald Salente, uh, who is very well known for his work in writing the Trends Forecast uh, newsletter as well as his frequent television interviews. Um, he will be joining me at about 3.30 uh... we will be he will be followed then by lewis lehrman who along with ron paul were the only two members of a twenty two member gold commission appointed by president regan uh... to uh... to advocate going back on the gold standard and that was in nineteen eighty when the u.s economy was in much better shape than it is now even though we were going through a very deep recession back then it was really up to that point the deepest recession we had since the great depression but it was nothing compared to what we've had following the Lehman Brothers debacle of 2008. Well, back then in 1980, we, had, we still had the luxury of living beyond our means for another 30 or so years um, before our fraudulent paper monetary system has, uh, has caught up with us, and now it threatens to bring down the world's commerce, uh, really, to, to cause it to come to a grinding halt. In fact, that's what started to happen after Lehman Brothers in 2008. Now that we are approaching the day of reckoning, I'm expecting Mr. Salente will lay out the doom and gloom scenario, which I believe is highly logical, given the excessive amount of debt that's taken on by the United States and the other governments around the world, and by citizens, as far as that's concerned. But Louis Lehrman, who was at least partly instrumental in having written into the 1980 Republican platform a mandate to return to a defining dollar in a set amount of gold and silver, provide some reason for optimism. I was expecting to have Lewis uh, on this show today as a live guest, but the budget issues that are taking shape in Washington this past week and right now as we're speaking have drawn him uh, to the nation's capital to meet with top Republicans. However, I was able to spend approximately one hour with Lewis uh, this past Saturday, and we recorded uh, 45 minutes of that. About half of that will be uh, provided to you today, and the next half will play next week. Um, However, because we also have, we do have to make room for Mr. Salente. Uh, Jeff Deist is going to be coming on. That's Ron Paul's chief of staff. will be following Mr. Lehrman, Uh, and uh, we're going to to be talking to Chen, as I just noted, and we're going to round out today's show with Roger Wiegand. Uh, In just a few minutes, after our first commercial break, Gregory Isenor will be with us. He will be joining me to talk about the Merrick's Gold Mine Exploration Project in Mali. But before we get to him, uh, it's time to try to make some money with Chen Lin. Welcome, Chen. Thank you, Jay. Really good to have you again. Now, I know one of the stocks that you are most hot on, most keen about, is Mart Resources. And Mart Resources, you recommended some time ago, really really hasn't done much so far. And yet, when you look at the fundamentals, you're saying, what in the world is going on? seems like MART should be selling at a much higher level and I know you have the conviction that it will. Uh, talk to us a little bit about MART. It's, it's trading, uh, this trading symbol is MMT on the Toronto Exchange, MAUXF, I believe, over-the-counter US. I have uh, about 336 million shares outstanding, selling at about 57 cents. Gives it a market cap of a little under 200 million. Well, what about this company? What, what about it, Chen? Uh, what sort of oil reserves do they have now? Yeah, last year they had two P oil reserve over 12 million barrels,
4: that's a life sweet. Okay, they're using like $80 per barrel, some kind of very conservative number, they gave a net uh, present value of over $500 million uh-huh. of that oil reserve. Notice they have a tremendous drilling success this year. So next, by the end of this year, they're going to do another reserve. That reserve could increase a lot. So you just looking at last year's number, the stock is very undervalued.
3: Yeah, because I'm just doing the arithmetic here. Uh, we're looking at something like a dollar and a half of net present value, which takes into account, of course, the time value of money, and that compares with a rate, with a share price as we just noted about 57 cents. So it would seem to be maybe selling at about a third of its, of its present value based on last year's numbers.
4: Right. Uh, the things I like about Mart is uh, it doesn't need to raise money. It's self-funded, a very mm-hmm. good balance sheet. Uh, they're they minting money. Right? Every month they're they are making a tremendous money at the current uh, you know, oil price. Right. The oil is light sweet selling at premium to Brent. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, their you know they, their CEO was here. I think we had a meeting with him. They, he's looking projecting you know potentially 20 million per month in after tax cash flow.
3: Well wow. if 20 million per month in after tax cash flow. Chen, if that happens, we could multiply that then by 12, which would give the company something like 240 million in cash flow against uh, 336 million shares, which is about which is about 71 cents a share cash flow, and that's uh, again more than what the company selling for now.
4: Right. It's basically they are selling it below its uh, cash flow. So right now the the market is like summer. You know, nobody paying much attention. Mm-hmm. They have they have a little bit trouble with uh, Italian um, mm-hmm. uh, the oil pipeline company uh, because they are trying to squeeze them. So mm-hmm. instead of piping pumping like a hundred. Uh, I mean, 15,000 barrel per day. They are pumping like 8,000. Okay, mm. but the thing is that, that pipeline is 55% owned by Nigeria government. Mm-hmm. So you know they can basically talk to the government, say you know look, you know what they are doing to you know to our small business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think this can be resolved pretty soon. Once that's resolved, they will they will double, almost double their production instantaneously. The maximum the pipeline limit 18, is 18, is 18,000 barrel per day. Mm-hmm. I think they will reach it by the end of this year, mm-hmm. and then they will have to build a new pipeline to accommodate their production because their production just keep piling on. Every well has been successful, so far. every single well was successful.
3: How many wells do they have now that are producing, Chen? Oh, that's a good question. I think they have. I uh, uh, mean, I think scheduled to ha- they scheduled to have something like eight or nine by the year end. Right. They have four wells in production, uh you mm-hmm. move
4: one, five, uh, six, seven. Mm-hmm. reading eight. Eight is already, you know, good well from the initial mm-hmm. log. They're gonna do some testing, then they're gonna drill nine, ten, mm-hmm. eleven, twelve. Yeah, over there it's just uh a life all, all all over. So they every were every well seems to be a hit. So so all so, so these um production come up, you know, come up and used to be last year they only uh, from two wells, um, both wells running single zone. Mm-hmm. And now they have four wells, uh, two new wells running a double zone. And then mm-hmm. they continue. Every well, they will be running a double zone. And then they potentially drill a horizontal well. You know, it's just going on and on. The production keeps increasing. Cash flow keep increasing. People mm-hmm. so eventually will pay attention to it.
3: Yeah, so what you're saying, Chen, is that based on current production, the company is selling at roughly... You know, at, at 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 less than its annual cash flow, and it has this enormous exploration. It has this enormous growth, uh, more than just wild. I mean, it's not a wildcat. It's it's sort of pretty much pretty high probability growth potential here, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I like is the predictability
4: of the future well. Uh,
3: yeah, and and not too much in the way of uh, dilution requirements because they have the cash flow now to grow. Is it is it the constraint then, Chen, on the pipeline that is that is the biggest concern right now and the thing that could hold back their earnings?
4: Right, right now the Italian uh, limit there to eight thousand. So I think this will be resolved, but you know, depending on when they resolve, they can increase to eighteen thousand. Right? Mm-hmm. By that time they will be trading on less than one time cash flow. But now they're still trading at two times cash flow. You know, even at yeah. like current rate it's still very undervalued. Right. So it depends on the, the way you look at it. So and then they have no exploration risk because they all you already discovered, right? Mm-hmm. they're yeah. developing wealth, so. Yeah. So well. So So I what was that like? In now nowadays very uncertainty. There are a lot of uncertainty. So this has a very little risk and there's no you don't need to worry about dilution. Yeah, they're probably going to do share buyback. They probably can pay dividend next year. I mean, a lot of good things happen when you have a lot of cash.
3: Yeah. We should mention for the sake of full disclosure that Chen owns the stock, his family owns the stock. I should mention that I own the stock. It is also a recommendation in my newsletter just so listeners know that Chen and I both have a vested interest in seeing this, these shares rise. But I think what Chen is providing here is factual information. I think that uh, in my view that there is some political risk. It is in Nigeria, but probably not as frightening as most people. Think it might be uh, Chen. Just one. We have a couple of seconds. If you just mentioned, what, what are your thoughts on political risk? Well, they
4: basically they have a, the most successful election in the history of Nigeria. They just elect the
3: Christian
4: uh, president. There are some Muslim in the north was not very happy, but but they're very far away from them. So unless there's a civil war break out in Nigeria,
3: I think the company will be fine. And your thoughts on that is it, that's not too likely. I uh, extremely unlikely, I believe. At this point in time, yeah. Okay, well, thanks, Chan. Unfortunately, that's all the time we've got. Uh, that, uh, but folks, don't go away because coming up next with me is Gregory Eisener. He is the president of a company that I think looks really promising. Uh, they're in the process of proving up uh, and establishing and enlarging their gold resource in Mali, West Africa, and they have a very strong partner that we'll learn more about in just a couple of minutes. So don't go away. I'll be right back with Mr. Eisener.
5: This program is brought to you by Sandgold at www.sandgold.ca. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top-ten gold mining region. Sandgold continues to show tremendous exploration success. With two mines already in production, the company is now revealing a new gold mining trend. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www. Zangold.ca
0: Smash Minerals is a gold exploration company in the Yukon whose management was responsible for the first significant gold discovery in the White Gold District with Underworld Resources, which was then sold to Kinross Gold in 2010. Smash holds one of the biggest claim blocks in the Yukon, and exploration has already identified three targets. Intellectual capital combined with advanced technology will enable Smash to be quick to drilling in August 2011. You can discover Smash Minerals on the TSX Venture under the symbol SSH.
2: Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome to the human
1: slide.
3: Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again Gregory Eisner. He is the president and CEO of Merrick's Gold Inc., and that's a company that trades on the Toronto Exchange and of the symbol MXI. It's approximately 119 million shares outstanding, selling at about 49 or 50 cents per share, giving it a market cap of about 58 million dollars or so. Welcome back, Gregory, to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Well, Jay, I'm glad to be on your show again. Pleased to be here. Well, it's really good to have you here. Uh, This is a company that I have. uh, Your company has been recommended in my newsletter. I should let let listeners know that. Also, I am a shareholder. So, again, just for the sake of full disclosure so people know that I may have a vested interest in seeing good things happen for this company. Uh, We'll get that out of the way. Well, the number of people listening to this show, Gregory, has been increasing very nicely. So I have an idea, and, and that has happened a lot since the last time we spoke, so I have an idea we could have a lot of new people joining us today. Let's just give a general overview of your company and its project. It's, your primary focus is on the Sarabaya project uh, that's in Mali, West Africa. Is that right?
6: That's correct. That's our flagship project.
3: Flag, flagship project. And you have, I think this is very important, you do have a very significant partner. Who is that? Um, our
6: partner is IM Gold. Uh, they're uh, spending now uh, $10.5 million to earn 50% of our project, and uh, they're in the middle of that now. We expect that may- by the end of this year, 2011, they will have earned their 50%. Then it's a 50-50 JV.
3: Then 50 percent. You have to put up 50 percent of the pro per, of the exploration development, as as do they. Then going forward, and up to this point in time, they've been spending the money to uh, to expand the project. Let's uh, talk about the project. Then you have what is the current gold resource? The
6: current resource now is a 377,000 ounces of um, 2.37 grams. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a um, it's. 80% indicated. It's uh, some of it's measured. Um, it's uh, drilled off, tightly drilled off. It uh, was done that way to show the continuity, to show that the uh, the deposit hangs together, uh, and it, uh, it's open at depth, a long strike, and uh, it's. Um, and I think that's what attracted I gold to the project, the mm-hmm. grade, the grade in particular
3: grade which is quite high because this is an open pit uh, target is it not
6: yes it is the mineralization comes to surface and it goes at depth they're uh, you know a, a subvertical uh, a vein system it, it's a big shear system that uh, that, that we're tracking and uh, the cerebias system the cerebias structure is uh, 10 kilometers long and our our resource that we have drilled off to date is over one kilometer
3: so one tenth of the strike length has been drilled to date, uh, and that is where that 337,000 ounces has come from. Is that likely to increase over that one point uh, over that one kilometre strike length uh, with some infill drilling?
6: Yes, it is. Good question. Uh, That's part of the diamond drilling uh, program this year, is to infill drill and uh, to test out at depth. Uh, There's obviously typical to a lot of the uh, West African uh, deposits, there are high-grade chutes and and plunging chutes, and uh, we're seeing some of that happen in this uh, this, uh, deposit we have now.
3: What is the depth uh, so far that uh, that this deposit has been drilled to, that uh, from which that 377,000 ounces may have come from? It's it's to
6: about uh, 225 meters uh, to date. Obviously, there are some deeper holes that have uh, that have intersected good mineralization, but the the resource is to that, that approximate depth.
3: And is that pretty much more or less considered the the maximum depth that you could do an open pit, or is that to be determined yet?
6: Well, I think um, the, the, the pit, uh, I think what's interesting about Sarabaya is that our saprolite, our oxide material, is very deep, deeper than a lot of the other deposits in the mm-hmm. area. So you'd probably take a pit deeper, but I, I would uh, give... Um, 300 meters to uh, uh, every step of a pit in that area, and certainly this uh, deposit is capable of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Because, of course, a lot of, a lot has to do with the geometry of a deposit and what its stripping ratio will be as to how deep you can go and so forth. Any sense of, of the stripping ratio, or is it too early to know that yet? Too early to tell, but what we have at Sarabaya,
6: we have two parallel structures. And when I.M. Go got involved in this project, they said, Let's see just how big this thing is. So we've uh, started a program of uh, 500-meter step-outs, RC drilling, uh, fences, uh, heel-to-toe RC holes along the, uh, the two structures. And we've, in fact, have identified uh, or proven the existence of another structure parallel to Sarabaya. Mm. Uh The RC drilling has outlined some very significant mineralization in that parallel structure to the east. Uh, subsequent diamond drilling has outlined, um, you know, some very nice intersections there, and uh, we we now see a good opportunity to develop um, resources in that area to to the uh, to the uh, east. So when you ask about a pit design, it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, parallel pits, uh, one big pit, uh, and, and we've yeah. got a ten kilometer structure.
3: How far apart is this parallel structure that you've discovered? How far is it from the from the current existing structure that you've been working on most?
6: It it varies. Um, it's about um, two hundred two hundred to three hundred meters uh, uh, east of the existing structure. Now, um, when uh, I and Gold took over the project, or, or when we became joint joint operators. Um, uh, an airborne mag survey was recommended and it was actually the mag survey that identified this this structure uh when we correlated that with uh, uh detailed uh, geochemistry uh, soil sampling and termite sampling we saw that uh, we had uh, um good continuity, we saw he had a uh, good association there, and it's actually parallel to a uh, another small zone that we discovered far to the south. So it, it seems to be very extensive and, and, and
3: good correlation. Mm-hmm. You are currently engaging, uh, I think it's a 49,000-meter drill program, and you've had some good results, well, at least seemingly some good results coming out. On July 11th, you announced uh, 2 meters of 3.82 grams per tonne. And on July 19th, you put out a press release that announced 3.41 grams per ton over one meter. Could you comment on the significance of those uh, of your drill program thus far? What is it? Uh, what is it telling you?
6: Okay, the the 40, uh, uh, meter drilling program is in fact uh, composed of thirty thousand meters of RC, ten thousand meters of uh, diamond drilling, and nine thousand meters of auger. Mm-hmm. And the auger is primarily centered on a another parallel zone uh, to the west, Bambadika, and um, we'll, you'll have some results coming out on that in the near future.
3: On a, a, let me get this straight, a, a second a parallel zone?
6: A third, I would say. A, a third, third parallel zone. Just to step back a bit, the Sarabaya project is uh, approximately 850 um, uh, square kilometers. It's uh, big, it has uh, untested structures on the property, several of them, and we're just detailing them now and and getting into them. So um, there's a a lot of outside potential on this uh, property other than Saravaya. But getting back to your question, um, what we have been um, able to do with the RC drilling and the RC numbers you mentioned was to just show how how extensive these, this this Serabia structure is and the step-outs and we've uh, shown that to exist for six kilometers now with uh, detailed RC drilling, and this RC drilling has uh, then identified um, areas to diamond drill, and uh, therefore start outlining resources in other areas. So, mm-hmm. what what we um, in one particular section we uh, had a. 25 meters of uh, gold anomalous intervals, uh, not all continuous, but in the same hole. And, um, you know, 4 meters of 4 grams, another 4 meters of uh, 4 grams, 3 meters of 4 grams. So very significant numbers, numbers that you have to go into and then uh, d- put detailed diamond drilling in. So we're just at the beginning now of, of expanding
3: this resource. Well, it, it, let me just see if I'm, if I'm thinking along the right Lines here, uh, Gregory. If you have 300 or 200, I'm sorry, 377,000 ounces now in a one-kilometer strike length on one structure uh, to a depth of about 225 meters, you have infill drilling that could increase that. I'm, I'm guessing. I don't know without, you know, maybe another 100,000 ounces. I, am I, am I off base in suggesting that? Well, it's hard to yeah, say. I know you got to be that, careful um, because you don't know until you have the. Uh, until you have the stats right
6: that's right um, you know and we're and we're just uh putting that information out now. I think that um, the uh, the the information we're seeing from the uh, the r c drilling uh, showing how big this structure is, knowing that uh the the similarities we see with the uh, the proven area of resource uh, We're extremely encouraged over this. We're we're uh, waiting for a lot of these diamond drill results to come out. We've just completed uh, approximately 6,500 meters of diamond drilling, and we've uh, in uh, 34 holes. We've released nine holes, and waiting for the rest of the assays. Mm-hmm. so it you know it's uh we see assays coming out every uh every ten days or so either r c auger or uh or diamond drilling
3: mm-hmm. well, it just seems to me that this property and i'm and I'm speaking here from my from you know on my own here and correct me if you think i'm off base but it seems to me that you have the possibility if if you if you've drilled one tenth of the non structure gold bearing structure and you 've got parallel structures and you 've got three hundred and seventy seven thousand ounces now to a depth of two hundred and twenty five feet when it 's possible it could extend to greater depth that you could be probably should be thinking in terms of a multi million ounce deposit and in fact, I would guess that a company as substantial as I am gold would not be playing ball with you if they didn 't think they were going to have something larger
6: absolutely um, a company like I am gold very impressive company in fact. Um, are not looking for, uh, you know, two or three million ounces. They're looking right. for something bigger than that. Uh, they've announced that they're um, working to build a bridge across the river uh, be- between the, the main area and the uh, and the deposit area, uh, build a bridge across the Felame River. The camp is being expanded. Uh, they're increasing other facilities in the area. So um, certainly uh, the area, without question, has the potential to produce several million ounces. Uh, we've shown the footprint to be there. Uh, we've taken it a bit slow. And now it's uh, drilling, drilling, drilling. And uh, we've got the footprint and we, we've got the targets.
3: Gregory, we were, we're really out of time. But before I let you go, uh, how much money do you have on the till? Are you going to need to go back to the market and raise some more soon?
6: We have $14 million in the Treasury. And uh, that will uh, that will certainly get us through uh, 2012.
3: Oh, that's good. That's good news. So no dilution, and then if you can come up with some sizable uh, gold deposit uh, that starts to take shape in the next uh, in the next year, next six months, several months, or whatever, that should really sort of set some fire into the market, I would think. Anything else you'd like to say uh, w- before we th- uh, conclude our discussion today?
6: just one thing Jay I just point out that this is uh, not a, a, a gram deposit it's a it's a 2 to 3 gram deposit right and it's uh, has potential to get very big uh, right and that's a very
3: that's a very high grade deposit for surface i might add to our listeners who may not be familiar with this sector there are a lot of mining operations these days that are making a lot of money with 1 gram or even less per ton so it's something to keep in mind i want to thank you very much your your website just say that before we before we say goodbye
6: www.marysgold.com
3: Barracksgold.com. Thank you very much, Gregory. Okay. Uh, okay. We hope to have you on again sometime in the not-too-distant future. Folks, don't go away. We're going to be right back with Gerald Salente. You're not going to want to miss what this man has to say. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Voice America Business Network. The
5: bottom line in business. This program is brought to you by Sandgold at www.sandgold.ca. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top-10 gold mining region. Sandgold continues to show tremendous exploration success. With two mines already in production, the company is now revealing a new gold mining trend. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www. .sangol.ca www.ripatchgold.com.
2: Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome
1: to the human race. Some kind of lovely ride I'll be sliding down I'll be gliding down Try not to try too hard It's just a lovely ride is heading for an economic 9-11. This isn't about dark clouds. This is about reality. And when I hear these economists talking, I'm wondering what they're looking at. I'll give you an example. When they add up the inflation numbers, core inflation, they don't put in food and fuel. Who are they kidding? The real people, the working people in this country are already in a recession. Just look at the numbers. Median household income, half above, half below, is below 1999 levels. For the real working people, when they're going to the pump, there's a recession. People saying this housing crunch is going to be over in three months. It's just beginning. And by the way, the subprime problem, that's the crack in the foundation. It's going to topple like the World Trade Center from the top. All these deals that were being done by these bigwigs, you take companies like Macklau in New York City, $7 billion worth of real estate with $30 million down. Who does deals like this? And these kind of deals have been doing all over the world. says, listen, we're not minimizing this, that this is a non-existent problem, but we believe that where there'll be some losses, there'll also be some growth. There'll be ebbs and flows, Was where Bernanke and also the Treasury Secretary have had to say, that, you know what, it's not all dark clouds, we're going to get out of this, this is a correction. When you hear that, your reaction is it's jive talk I mean look we said back in our trends journal in March 20th of this year the Fed was in a rate trap we said if they lower rates they crash the dollar voila the dollars crash they lowered rates you hear all these people on Wall Street yelling to low rates if they raise rates they crash the economy the game is over and the Fed is highly responsible for doing this by bailing out their buddies with cheap money Over and over again, this trend has been long in the making, and now it's come home to roost. You know the people that know it? The people on the street. They're the ones that know. Not on Wall Street, on the real street. There's the media world, the political world, and the real world. In the real world, people know what's going on. Gerald, you guys have been, and I don't know if it's you guys or maybe just you, been right on the money with a lot of these predictions. I mean, I can go through a list, you know, you, almost, you predicted what the dot-com bubble before it happened, the real estate bubble and the crash before it happened, right. and uh, the war in Iraq and on and on and on on the next president, who will it be? Well, here's our, this, we're How saying... How you handle that tough one? <laughs> well, this is a, we say Obama, if it's the economy, McCain, if it's war. If the, if, if we do if, end up going to war with Iran, and, then and November will be McCain. And that's the climate in October, November, it's McCain. If it's the economy, it's Obama. You paint a really uh, bleak picture that, uh, that we could be facing a depression, As great or worse than the Great Depression, you're talking about talking about tax revolts, gas riots, people living in self-storage units. You look at our Trends Journal. We predicted these before they would happen. I'll tell you why the depression is going to be worse than the last one. With the last depression, most people didn't own homes. There was no such thing as uh, uh, home equity loans. Our parents didn't have credit cards. All right. We, the, the consumer wasn't $14 trillion in debt, and the government wasn't $9 trillion in that they had surpluses, both budget and trade. Then we, we heard from the Bank of America today. They're saying that they don't expect this to uh, end by the second quarter of next year. But I mean, How do they know? They didn't see it coming. Now they're saying when, they're, when it's going to end. Look at today's news. What did you just read about the Dow? We're heading toward 10,000. That's the yes, next made, level. Yeah. And some people are talking 8,000.
2: He predicted the stock market crash of 1987 and the breakup of the Soviet Union. And that man joins us right now. Good morning. Uh, Buongiorno. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate your time this year. So this year, you're predicting a Category 5 economy.
1: The big news is interest rates. And the Federal Reserve has to raise interest rates to keep the value of the dollar high because the United States is reliant on outside investors, and they don't want to get paid back with cheap dollars the downside of course is the economy is already slowing down we see in home sales not great retail sales for christmas so the big news is as we look at it watch gold Gold prices could go to the stratosphere. This expert's dire prediction that America's economic
7: system faces almost total collapse is getting a lot of attention.
1: We're going to go into a depression that's going to be worse than the Great Depression.
7: Futurist Gerald Salenti
1: forecasts a doomsday scenario. You actually believe that there's going to be a revolution, food riots, tax riots, it's going to get that bad? It's going to get that bad. When people get hungry and desperate, things get ugly. you something else why it's going to really get ugly. Crime is going to go to levels we've never seen before. We're not perfect. We don't walk on water. But I'll tell you what, I'll put my track record up against any trend
3: forecasters in the world. Well, folks, you just heard the words of Gerald Salente, uh, and those were spoken back in 2008. He has been spot on in many of his, if not most of his, predictions. So uh, I want you to uh, welcome, Gerald, to turning hard times into good times. Well, thank you. Actually, those go back as late as 2006, the one on CNN about
7: gold, and uh, 2007 with the one on um, that we were going to go into a great recession, and that was in December of 2007 when Bernanke was saying we weren't going into a recession at all. Right. So all of those forecasts were long, you know, while people were denying that the worst was coming, uh we were saying to get ready. And as you well know, we had been we forecast the bottom of gold in 2001 in the Trends journal. It was mm-hmm. the beginning of the gold bull run and we're bullish on gold at a minimum of 2000.
3: Announced. At a minimum of two thousand dollars, and we're at sixteen hundred plus right now, so we're not all that far away. Two thousand dollar forecast doesn't sound so outrageous now as it might have when you first made it. Yes, and the only reason we're we're
7: putting a ceiling on it temporarily is because we don't know what dream scheme undreamed of that the government's going to do to prevent us from from. Uh, getting more gold, owning more gold, or
3: from suppressing the price? Well, we have the the U.S. government has the potential to do that. They've done it before. Uh, I think they have, uh, I and, and the gold antitrust action people for sure have been alleging that there has been a conspiracy to keep the gold price down for some time. Um, you know, all kinds of, uh, allegations. Uh, of course, American people were deprived of owning gold in the past in the 1930s. Do you think that's a possibility again Absolutely. in the future? Absolutely.
7: Sure. Look, this is a government where they feel you up when you go into an airplane. You think they'll take the gold away from you? Yeah. My God. Hey, how about a little waterboarding next week? Yeah. I mean, come on, look what this country's become. You know, I, love, I get a kick out of it. People, they rail on Obama say, so oh, he's a socialist, he's a Marxist. No, he's not. And socialism is egalitarianism, equalism. Yeah, oh, that's true. Yeah, he's a fascist. This is a fascist country. I'm glad Fascism you... Fascism has come to America. I've said this for two years. i got to kick Jesse Ventura, who I like, by the way. You know, He's in the news now. He said America's turning fascist. You follow my, my work back two years ago. I said uh, fascism has come to America. We've wrote, It's in print on Russia Today, you know, in, in, the, in the Trends Journal. This is fascist. It's the merger of state and corporate powers. Hey, listen, Jay, you need some health insurance? We're going to privatize it. We're going to make you buy from our pals who sell insurance. Mm-hmm. That's what they call That's what they call Obamacare. Right. Hey, your company's in trouble. The name is AIG, Goldman Sachs gang, Merrill Lynch mob. Don't worry about it, guys. You're not going to lose.
3: Right. Yeah, so it's, it's socialism for the rich. It's, it's impoverishment it's fascism. for the poor. Fascism has taken over.
7: Right. The merger of state and corporate powers by definition.
3: That's the definition that I was taught uh, a long time ago, for sure, and socialism would then would be more egalitarian. Well, one of the ideas we've had, one of our guests, uh, Dr. Robert McHugh, in the past has said, look, if we had taken those trillions of dollars and refunded people's taxes going back for the last three years, it might have done something to kickstart this economy. Any thoughts on that idea?
7: Oh, yeah, it would have been, but that's not the answer. You know, that's only a temporary salve. Where of are you going to get the money from? The money still has to come from someplace. Right. Now, the whole system has to change. You know, when they talk about a renaissance, what was a renaissance? A rebirth, a rediscovery. Mm-hmm. So I simply say, when was America operating more efficiently? When were we the most egalitarian nation on earth? I could tell you when. When they had the Glass-Steagall Act in place that mm-hmm. prevented the banks from becoming the criminal operations that they'd become. Mm-hmm. when when did the when was the consumer doing better in the and the average worker? oh when well, we had trade barriers, oh trade barriers, oh, you want to be a protectionist no, I don't. I just don't want to give my country away to China. Could you right. handle that, folks? you know it's not free trade,
3: it's slave trade. Let's right. call it what it is. Well, Gerald, one of the things that I've noticed also is that the, the debt problems that we've gotten ourselves into really started to accelerate when Nixon took us off the gold, the international gold standard in 1971. Uh, is it possible that the move towards fiat money and away from the honest money, gold-backed money, is also uh, also was an enabler to this system of fascism?
7: Yes, in, in a lot of ways. And let's not forget what the other element of fascism is,
3: continuing state of war. Right. Look why, why
7: Nixon took us off
3: the gold standard, you know, permanently. Sure, because yeah. we didn't want to tell the, the people of America they were going to have to pay for war and for socialism, so we went into debt. And then the exactly. Gaulle said to you, to us, we don't want your stinking dollars anymore. Give us the real thing. The dollars started leaving the treasury, And so Nixon just slammed the gold window, right? That's right. People, you know, to me, people ask me, who is the greatest president of our
7: lifetime? My lifetime, I could say it was Dwight D. Eisenhower. That's Mm -hmm. what I believe. And by the way, I always make this clear when I'm talking to any audience and on any show. This is only what I see, and and the reasons why I see it, you know, is because of our research. But I don't tell anybody what to believe. Sure. Our motto is think for yourself. Sure. So, So in saying that, To me, Eisenhower was the greatest president, Mm -hmm. unlike these little chicken hawks and big mouths out there that are ready to go to war like Bush and Obama, Mm -hmm. you know, that have never fought a day in their lives. Mm -hmm. They didn't get in a a, a schoolyard brawl, let alone a barroom brawl. Mm -hmm. Eisenhower, on the other hand, five-star general, supreme commander of the Allied Forces. Two-term president, Republican at that, he warns the nation, the military-industrial complex is taking over the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Voila, Absolutely. here we are. Hey, you're losing in Iraq? You're bogged down in Afghanistan? You know what, Jay? I say let's start another one. Why don't we go to Libya? Yep. Nah, Libya's not good enough. Okay, we got, we, we're droning Pakistan with predators. Why don't we open up another battlefield over in Yemen? Let's drain every last penny out of the country, just like they've done throughout history. And you don't have to go back to the Romans. Just go back to the kissing cousins of America. Oh, those Brits. Oh, yeah, the sun never set on their empire. And boy, did they go broke. Here we are again. They're robbing us in broad daylight. And when I say fascism, try this one on. Too big to fail. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the greatest bank robbery in world history, and the banks are doing the robbing. Right. Ben Bernanke, not Osama bin Laden, is America's public enemy number one, pre, pre-Obama's, pre-death, and now. This guy is robbing us by devaluing our dollar, as every time he goes on the air, I don't give investment advice, but what I do is I go long... On my gold contracts, before Bernanke hits the airwaves, mm-hmm. go back to May 27th. By the time the cat left the stage, gold shot up $20 an ounce. Go back a few weeks ago at the House subcommittee hearing. Boom! Before he left, gold went. I think it was about 1452, 1448, and then where is it now?
3: 16, oh, uh, excuse uh, 1600 me, 1600 not uh, 14. Fifteen forty forty something, uh, right. and now it's over sixteen hundred dollars an ounce. Right. Well, uh, with respect to going broke uh, with our military um, uh, operations, an interesting news bit came to my attention a couple of days ago, actually, where apparently the Iranians and the Chinese are deciding to start bartering for oil because uh, the Chinese are deprived from paying for the oil they get from Iran because of U.S. sanctions. Um, and it, it seems to me that, you know, this could be pretty important because if the Chinese are basically saying, we don't need your dollars anymore, we'll just barter with Iran, could this be the start of the demise in the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency, do you think?
7: It's already happened. I mean, China and, China and Russia are dealing with yuan and rubles. A mm-hmm. lot of countries now are, 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 as a matter of fact, we have this in the next trends journal that's going out just later today. Uh, how many countries are now uh, trading in the currencies of their own realm mm-hmm. and you 're going to see more and more of that the u s dollar and the euro i 've made my my, my uh, investment strategies I make public, and again we don 't sell financial advice, so that 's not what we do i 'm mm-hmm. only invested in gold. And I, have, oh, by the way, my first buy of gold, I say, it was 187.50 an ounce, way back in the '70s, late '70s. Yep. So I've been doing this for a while. And the other one is, and I bought a little bit of silver, and I'm in Swiss francs. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's my total investment strategy. Because well, to me, well. the Swiss are the money cockroaches of the world. You know, the, the, all of these revolutions going on, the money has to be washed somewhere, and look what they did during World War 2 a wonderful job. You know, the whole, the whole world's aflame around them, and people are still washing money through Switzerland. So I believe the Swiss franc and gold are my those are my primary investments,
3: and those have worked out extremely well. If we and look at the wood. yeah yeah if you, if you look at the gold uh, at the top of the stock market in two thousand, it took uh, it was a forty four to one ratio. I don't know. I guess it's down below ten. It must be around seven or eight right now, gold to the Dow. And we've seen uh, throughout history, Gerald, uh, when the Equity markets finally hit their bottom. We've seen something like a one-to-one ratio between gold and the Dow. Do you think that's possible? And if so, where do you think the Dow might go? I don't know because the
7: Dow is. There are a lot of there are a lot of elements in this that that have to be watched carefully. Because there was also a time when when you go back to those kind of uh, ratios and relationships, you didn't have interest rates near zero. Yeah. So where do you put your money if you're yeah. the average Joe or, yeah. or, or a sucker that you want to play the stock market? Mm-hmm. You can't put it in the bank. In the old days, you used to put it in the bank and you used to get a, a a return on interest rate that was comparable to a rise in inflation. So a lot of times above it. Yeah. And now what do you do? You put your money in the bank, and they get to keep it for free. How about that? And then yeah. try getting it out. Oh, I wrote a story in the Trends Journal. Well, you know, we predicted the panic of 08. I took the domain name out in 2007. And so when the panic happened, you know, I ran over to the key bank right around the corner from me and I had a, and I called them up the day before and I told them I was going to make a sizable withdrawal and I wanted it in this, in a certain kind of denomination, including $100 bills. Mm-hmm. When I went there, they started giving me a song and a dance. I had to bring one of my my coworkers with me over here because I, I wanted them to witness it. When this thing starts collapsing, you're not going to get your money out. They're going to do it like they do in every third world country. You know, <laughs> what, What's that song about Argentina, you know? Yeah. Here we are again. Right. Well, sure. and uh, uh, We're going to start seeing the same thing. There's a terrorist strike, a financial calamity. The last time they did, they closed Wall. They closed down Wall Street. I couldn't cash out of CDs. Mm-hmm. This time, mm-hmm. we believe they're going to close down the banks because they're going to devalue the dollar. Is our forecast? They're already devaluing it in front of our eyes, so they could pay off this debt somehow. And it's just going to continue to go down the drain. And more people that hold on to dollars, or to me, are going to be more enslaved into the system because those dollars won't be worth the paper they're not printed on.
3: So, Gerald, do you see a likelihood of a hyperinflation ahead of us? It's not
7: so much as a hyperinflation as a devaluation. Mm -hmm. So you have a combination of the two. You could call it anything you want in the sense that if you live in Zimbabwe, you know, the price of coffee on the world market, yes, it's gone up, but not to the hyperinflation levels. But if you're buying it with Zimbabwean dollars, you're going to need a couple of million of them. Yeah. So that's what we're going to see more of, a devaluation, uh, including into inflation, that'll make it feel like a hyperinflation. For example, going back to 1933, the National Emergency Banking Act, when they, when they uh, prohibited people from, uh, when you had to turn in all your gold, what did they do? Got dollar the gold was pegged the dollar was pegged to gold at what? Twenty twenty dollars and sixty two cents an ounce? Mm-hmm. Right. Something and after like that. they got it all in mm-hmm. they re pegged it at thirty five dollars an ounce. Sure. Which meant that
3: your dollar was just worth forty percent less. You call right. that inflation? Right. Yes, so they, they paid the people the lower price and then jacked the price up uh, after they uh, had confiscated it from the from folks. Exactly. And, and this is... So what should people do if that's a prospect for the future? What should people do that own gold now?
7: Well, I only say what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't keep... I have gold in a very safe place out of the reach of the law and a burglar and the banks. <laughs> I won't keep anything in the banks. I keep my, my business money in the banks that I have to, to cover expenses, and I, I have as little in there as possible. And, again, for myself, you know, it's GCs, Gerald Salenti's 3Gs, gold, guns, and a getaway plan. Because, <laughs> you know, you want to keep bombing other countries. You want to keep expanding your global reach in wars. As we used to say in the Bronx, payback's a bitch. And so if you want to keep bombing Qaddafi and Qaddafi keeps saying, I'm going to get even with you, there's going to be a point when that starts happening, whether it's Gaddafi, Afghanistan, Iraq, Pakistan, Yemen, you name the country. So we think there's going to be some kind of a false flag or a real terror strike. False flag, conspiracy theorist, hey, remember the main. How about the Gulf of Tonkin? That one never happened. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay... When is Saddam Hussein going to show up with those weapons of mass destruction and ties to al-Qaeda?
3: Right. How could people believe anything the government tells them? Right. Well, that's a good question, but people still do, it seems. A lot yeah, of people, people do. Yeah, yeah the, although, people,
7: the people that are snooky stupid.
3: Although, Gerald, I would say increasingly fewer people or more people are distrusting and not believing. Uh, but there is a propaganda machine here that is quite, quite, I think quite efficient in many ways because you have all of these people with PhDs behind their names who have been trained at Harvard, Yale, Princeton and the like that are on television and it doesn't look like they are part of this government fascist system that you're talking about. But it seems as though they are connected to the corporations who are basically in bed with the government. Gerald, you have um, you told me before we went on the air that you were just releasing your new your new newsletter, your Trends Forecaster. Can you give our listeners just a little sense of what might be in there so they might be interested in checking it out?
7: Yes, the Trends Journal will be out in just a couple of hours, and you could get it online at trendsjournal.com. That's trendsjournal.com. And yeah, what's in it is the game changer, the global game changer, the slenty solutions on how to turn this around, but also mega trends that we're forecasting that others aren't talking about that are profit opportunities as well as dangers to avoid. And it's a global, uh, issue in the sense that you know, we, co- we really do cover the world and, and we take everything that we can geopolitically into consideration. So when we're making forecasts, it's not economic based, it's geopolitical, social, environmental, mm-hmm. coming from a lot of different areas. And also, and, I, and, I, and it's something I'm very pleased about, particularly we, we offer the online edition and the print magazine edition, but the it's filled with art and and great illustrations. And I really believe that the the antidote to fear, and by the way, governments use fear and hysteria. You were talking about the Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Bullets, Bombs and Banks Club. And, right. and that's what they do. They instill fear and hysteria. The antidote is beauty. And that's what people need to realize, I believe, mm-hmm. in the sense that you can overcome the fear when you when you enrich your soul in many different ways and that's what we try to do with the trends journal and balancing it out with both fine art and illustrations
3: well that sounds very interesting gerald tell our listeners where they can uh, avail themselves to your to your service what's your website
7: yes trendsjournal.com trendsjournal.com and also we offer discount requests for those people that are going through uh, difficult times for any reason, just let us know and we'll do our best to get it to you because the major purpose of the Trends Journal is not only to inform you to proact in what's going to happen, but the greatest re- rewards we get are people every day telling us how much they inspire, we inspire them so they could create new futures and go on more profitable paths to into the future.
3: Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Gerald. We are out of time. Thank you for taking your valuable time and sharing it with our listeners. Uh, folks, don't go away because we're going to be right back uh with Lewis Lerman. He was one of two members, he and Ronald, he and ron paul or two members who suggested that we should go back on a gold standard they were members of president regan's twenty-two member gold commission uh... so don't go away you're going to really want to hear what lewis lehrman has to say a lot of which i'm sure he's in agreement with gerald salente but don't go away we'll be right back with lewis lehrman
5: This program is brought to you by Sandgold at www.sandgold.ca. Sandgold is an aggressive gold company operating in Manitoba, Canada, a top-10 gold mining region. Sandgold continues to show tremendous exploration success. With two mines already in production, the company is now revealing a new gold mining trend. Discover the potential at Sandgold. Trading symbol SGRCF on the OTCQX and SGR on the Toronto Exchange. Visit our website at www.sandgold.ca. Legend
0: Gold Corp. is a gold exploration company with flagship projects in Mali, West Africa. With successful drilling programs and new discoveries this year, we are in an exciting position to advance our two gold deposits. Shareholder value is anchored at Chikamala by a 43-101 compliant resource of approximately 600,000 ounces of gold. The recent addition of the Munina project offers the potential for a third gold strike. Legend Gold trades under the symbol LGN on the TSX Venture Exchange. Please go to our website at www
5: www.legendgold.com www.rypatchgold.com The business community's first choice in internet talk
0: radio. Voice America Business Network.